it was hard. It was really hard, especially because I felt like a failure at the time. And that's the transparent part of me, right? But when I say sometimes, all the time, the universe will take things that you're not supposed to have so that you can get something better. And that's exactly what happened. In life, setbacks happen. Fires, pandemics, layoffs. To say it plainly, okay, wait. If you do have a kid in the room, cover their ears for just a few seconds. Okay, you good? All right. Basically, shit happens. Okay, you can uncover their ears now. Stuff happens, big stuff happens, but how you bounce back, that is what matters. Today's guest is Pinky Cole, the founder and owner of the Atlanta-based restaurant Slutty Vegan. Pinky opened up Slutty Vegan just a couple years ago, and she's already created a name for herself in not just Atlanta, but far, far beyond. However, what many don't know about Pinky is that when it comes to the restaurant business, this is her second act. Years before her Atlanta restaurant, she owned a Jamaican-American fusion restaurant in Harlem, and she built this colorful nook uptown in New York City only to lose it, and so much more, in a devastating fire. For anyone who's ever suffered a loss so big that you had to start from scratch, this conversation is for you. And as a note, this interview was recorded pre-pandemic and done a short while ago at the Essence Marketplace Summit in Atlanta, just for a little context. I hope you guys enjoy. And Apple listeners, don't forget to rate us and leave a review. And please, be honest. But also, please be kind. So I am sitting here with the Pinky Cole, yes. founder of Slutty Vegan. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Good. Very, you look beautiful. Well. These Thank like you. I always love your red dreads. Thank and... you. It's like my signature now. I'm yes. like, I want to go blonde. They're like, no. no. <laughs> you gotta stay red forever. Yeah, so I have embraced the red. <laughs> Yeah. Is red, is that like an important color to you or what's the embrace? Well, in the name of Delta Sigma Theta. Okay. Yes. Right. <laughs> but um, I love red. Yeah. Red means power to me. Yeah. Okay. So I wear I, my red, I wear my red lip, I wear my red hair. That's right. You got the red lip popping too. Um, so for those who don't know, like I said, you're founder, creator of Slutty Vegan. What is Slutty Vegan? So Slutty Vegan... It's funny because when people hear the name slutty, right? Mm -hmm. Slutty sounds provocative, too edgy. Yes. But slutty really is just a hook to get people in. Mm, okay. And that hook is really to show people that you can eat something that tastes good and it doesn't have to be dead. Mm. Right? Ooh, so when we say Yeah, when we yeah. say slutify, it's the ability to have a euphoric experience while eating a plant-based burger, right? So, <laughs> and I have seen that hashtag. It sounds real spiritual, right? Spotify, but it is. Yes. It's like a spiritual encounter that takes place when you finally eat vegan for the first time. You try a plant-based um, and it was actually good yes. because sometimes people try it and they don't like it. And they never try it again. And they never try it again. Yeah. So now we're opening the gates of heaven <laughs> of plant-based food <laughs> and you really have an experience because it's so good to be true mm -hmm. right it's almost like this is amazing an amazing feeling because i can be plant-based mm -hmm. and i don't have to eat animals and it tastes, and good. It tastes good so it's like a whole experience that comes with the word slutty okay. and it's interesting because 
You know, I think that what we've created is we've created something where we can desensitize the provocativeness of a word. And you know what? And I do love that. Yeah. I love that. Because Because now we got kids saying slutty. It has nothing to do with sex. It's really helping people to reimagine food. And I think we get to do that every day. And I also remember the first time I saw it, I learned about you on, I think it was on Instagram. All of a sudden, one day, (laughs) I was just seeing everybody eating this delicious looking burger. (laughs) And it, it said, maybe it did say sluttified or mm-hmm. it had slutty or something yes. in it and I'm like what the heck are people talking about yes. and then of course you learn that this delicious looking burger is vegan and that's yeah. how I got introduced to your story yes. but let's back up a little Okay, I love to ask everyone that comes on here this question what was your very 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 first job my very first job was Forever 21 okay Ooh. okay hello <laughs> So that 10% discount that retail, was like, like 50%. Okay. <laughs> but I worked at Forever 21 and I was making $6.50 an wow. hour. How old were you? I was 13 okay. and nine months. And I, and the reason why I know I was 13 and nine months is because the day that I got Legally. my permit, yes, was a day that I started I started driving the day that I could get my permit. Wow. And I also started working at Forever 21. Okay. And Forever 21 was really like the first place that told me about leadership. Interesting. And yeah. wait, this was Forever 21 where? Where are you from? In Baltimore. In Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. So I was in Baltimore. So okay. this is when the Forever 21 H&M That was like came. the height. Okay. Yes. That was that was Fashion Nova back then, <laughs> it right? It was. It was. That yes. was definitely Fashion Nova before yes. Fashion Nova. Yeah. Um, it's, so you, you learned about leadership. Well, how did... I learned about leadership because Forever 21 was and is a fast-paced kind of business. Mm -hmm. Like, you go in and you pick up and get what you want, but you also have to learn to work together with people because it can get chaotic. So I carry that throughout my life and, you know, and to learn how to make things work Despite, in spite of it looking chaotic, mm-hmm. right? And I learned that forever twenty one. And then I had a whole bunch of odd jobs after that. Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, but. What were some of those odd jobs? Tell me about your. I worked. I worked at the census. Okay. Oh wow. Yes. So wait, what were you? Were you like I in was the office or were you? I was on like the ground. Foot on, wow. Foot on the ground. I worked at the census. I worked at Popeyes. Okay. Ooh, so you had yeah, you had these yeah. jobs. But yes. even though I had these jobs when I was younger, I was always a hustler. Yeah. So when I was fourteen, I used to have high school parties. And I used to make about $4,000 a week. No lie. Anybody in Baltimore know. And I used to go, my mom is Jamaican, right? So, okay. you know, Jamaicans be extra. Yeah. So <laughs> I would go in the living room and I would count the money. And my mother would be like, boy, Lord, I'm mercy. Like going crazy <laughs> because she sees this money. Yeah. At 14 years old, I just always had a hustle mentality. Wow. And then I used to sell McChickens. No, of course. Wait, you used to sell <laughs> McChickens. So, okay. I used to buy them for a dollar. And then and I used to go sp- back and sell them for $2. No, I was going to say a dollar fifties. This is I was okay. You like that too? Yeah, I did the no. labor. I got them because <laughs> I knew that there was a demand. There was a need. Yeah, people wanted to eat at lunchtime, but they didn't want to eat that. Mm-hmm. They wanted to eat McDonald's, McDonald's or they wanted to eat something that they were going. So they were willing to pay top dollar. Yeah, and I created a business off of that. So wow, I've done a lot. So okay, <laughs> so I mean, you kind of walking me through your teens and like all of this. You're a hustler. You're born hustler. You like you yeah. know how to you know how to make things work and you know how to meet the demand, so yeah. to speak. But where did you always want to be a restaurant owner or be in the food so, industry? It's so funny. This is the part of the story that a lot of people don't know about me. So I got expelled out of high school. Okay. When I was in high school, I got into an altercation with somebody. I was okay. prom queen. Okay. <laughs> this okay. is so childish. <laughs> but I was no. prom queen. Got okay. kicked out. Of, I got expelled out of all Baltimore City public schools. So 
here you are looking at somebody with a very successful business right now. It didn't always look like that. Yeah. I grew up in a household fatherless because my father was serving almost a life prison. Yeah. So I think that that was a way that I was lashing out. I say yeah. all that to say, after getting expelled, I'm like, I'm not about to be a statistic. Yeah. Like, I'm not. So I wrote a letter to the superintendent and... I got accepted into a different school, which was like a top-tier school. Yeah. Long story so- short, I graduated, went to college. Where'd you go to college? Clark Atlanta University. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and when I was studying there, I realized that I have something good. Like, I know how to overcome always, mm-hmm. right? I know how to, like, make things work. And I love to serve people. I love to help people. So did I want a restaurant? No. Yeah. But is this a passion project? Absolutely. Because yeah. I had a restaurant before in Harlem, New York. I was going to get to that in a minute, too. <laughs> yes. But I do think it's interesting. So when you said you got expelled, I remember being in high school and got into a little trouble here and there. Mm-hmm. Never got expelled, but would always I was always able to talk my way out of a lot of mm-hmm. things. But I remember having a lot of friends who would get they'd get expelled and then they it's like you never heard from them again yeah they disappear mm-hmm. they end up going to a different school or they don't they're not able to get back into school they or they get into right. more trouble and then the cycle you know the cycle begins right so i think it's it's amazing that you i you know you recognize who you were and mm-hmm. i guess that potential early on and you wrote a letter to the super and what did your yeah. letter say it said give me a chance yeah. like i'm not what i look like Right. Yeah. Like, and they believed in that. Like, mm-hmm. they took a. If that never happened, I may not have been here having this conversation with you. Right. Yeah. So it gave me another chance to show and prove that, like, you don't have to sit in the circumstance. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you can overcome that. And I did just that, which is why I'm always so very transparent in my journey of entrepreneurship. Because I don't want you to just see the lights. Definitely. I want you to see what it's going to take to get to the light. Some nights I cry. Yeah. Some days it's hard. I'm sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that level of responsibility that you have, the same hands that people use to clap for you can be the same hands that people use to boo you yeah you know um but at the end of the day i have a responsibility to change yeah. and change the narrative in the minds of people who don't think that a plant-based lifestyle can, yeah, really can exists use, yes. right and they can use it yeah. um and it works every day and i'm just so proud to be able to do that i'm project proud thank but, you yeah yeah you when you feel like when you feel that you admit it you give it to yes somebody. absolutely um so at clark atlanta what'd you study I studied mass media arts. Okay, all right. And, and you know, it's so funny because you know, you know right? Okay. <laughs> Oftentimes we go to school yeah. and we don't end up, you know, working with what our degree says it's supposed to say, right? Yes. But I was fortunate enough without an internship to jump in a TV. So okay. I've worked in, a t- in a, the television industry for about 10, 11 years. What'd you do in TV and where? Um, a lot. So I worked on a lot of shows. <laughs> I, um, I was a producer for three years for the Maury Show. Okay. I did know that's right. Yes. <laughs> I did because we talked a little before, uh, during another situation, yes. Essence Fest. Um, that's right. And you, so you were producing. So mm-hmm. that's, you were in these environments. When I think of producers, I think of problem solvers. Yeah. And constant, producers constant, are the best problem <laughs> the solvers. Best solvers. Yes. Like there would be things that are going on that, you know, everybody else, they can't even fathom. They don't even know. Mm-hmm. And it's the producer's job to figure it out yeah. and to keep the. They're professional know, fixers. Yes. <laughs> so, Maury, where else? What else? So, did you? Maury, I was a senior producer for a show um, called Paternity Court. Okay. Um, I know that show. I was a casting director show. for Yonla Fix My Life. Okay. I was a producer for a show called The Jeremy Kyle show produced it um judge karen 
I worked with Judge Alex. Just a lot of TV. Like, yeah. TV is my space, okay. right? Because I love to create. Mm-hmm. And I love to th- see things from conception to, like, wow, yeah. this is it. Manifestation. You know, so I used a lot of the skills that I learned from working in TV. Mm-hmm. And I trans- translated that to Slutty Vegan because I know what people want to see, right? Yes. I know what they want to watch. Because yeah. as a television producer, you know what's captivating. You know what people will buy into, yes. right? And, I, and I've learned that. So it's helped me in my business. Married to with my story of, you know, having another restaurant. And I don't know if I shared this with you, but my restaurant burned down. In Har- what, no, yeah. Brooklyn. In Harlem. Was it in Harlem? Yes, it was in Harlem. Yes. It was in Brooklyn. <laughs> Harlem is my, that's my neighborhood. Yes. Um, where in Harlem was your restaurant? And also. It was on 145th between 7th and 8th. Yeah, that's why, because I, okay. Yes. Okay. Like, All right. remember, I remember. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before, before you got to that space. When I think of people, because I know I know this world, when I think of people working in TV and television, especially for that long of a time and doing those kinds of jobs, I think crazy hours. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? You're, so you're not sleeping a lot. You're eating a lot of junk. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, after a certain age, your body, like, your body starts telling you things and mm. you start realizing you have to take better physical care of yourself. Absolutely. So you weren't a vegan at that point. So I haven't eaten meat since 2007. Right. Okay. I was a vegetarian at first. Okay. And then within the last five years, I decided to go full vegan. Like one day I just woke up just and like, like, no. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, and during that period that you were working TV, when was that exactly? Was that um, I started working in TV in 2010. So that was first. And okay. I stopped. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I stopped this year. Yeah. Um, So what was, how did you get into having a restaurant? Did you just wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm out of the space. (laughs) I'm done. And you just got alone. What did you do? How did you get into this? So it's interesting. I've always been an idea machine, right? Mm-hmm. So I always have an idea. I'm that friend that if we sit down, I got like 10 <laughs> ideas like, oh, you know, it'll be dope. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yes. Right, right, right. So I'm always like that and everybody knows that. So one of my friends, he was initially going to get the restaurant because he already had one in Harlem. And he was just like, look, you want this restaurant? You know, wow. it costs $3,000, $2,400 a month at the time. And I was like, I'll take it. Mind you, I didn't have any experience. I just love to yeah, cook. I'm Jamaican, like, right? Okay. But I'm not a chef. Yes. So it was a passion project yeah. for me. So yeah. I went to Google University. <laughs> I went to YouTube <laughs> University. And I just started learning everything that I could yeah. about the restaurant industry. And when I tell you, if I could go back, I would do it the same exact way. Okay, that's a pretty, that's a bold statement to say. It's Good, very yeah, bold. Yeah. Because I messed up along the way a lot, <laughs> right? Yes. But I needed those things to happen so that I could learn and I can grow. Because you don't you don't learn that in school. They don't you teach don't. you that, you right? Don't. Like, yeah. you really have to hit your face to the pavement, have hard lessons. Multiple times. Multiple times yeah. for you to grow and learn. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me. So my restaurant was very successful. Lines out the door again. Not a slutty Not vegan a- line, obviously. <laughs> so what were you, what'd you having the restaurant what was your it was Jamaican food it was okay. Pinky's Jamaican and American yes, restaurant yes. and could you imagine I didn't eat meat but I was selling, <laughs> you selling chicken you, you knew how to make it I knew how to make it but which is what helped me with Slutty Vegan is I wasn't selling the food I was selling the experience yes I wanted you to come into my restaurant and feel like you were in Jamaica yeah okay I don't know have you ever been to Jamaica I, I have not okay so when you I go haven't. to Jamaica been all around I still need to there's gonna be a like a travel. nice little shack but it's authentic <laughs> yeah. right and my restaurant felt authentic it felt like you was in a hard ultra's Jamaica yeah. like but you weren't you were in Harlem yeah and the, because of the experience people kept coming back and back and back but one day um, after I closed my restaurant it on fire. I had a grease fire. Okay, when was this? 
This was in 2016. Tell me about, you had the restaurant at, at that time, but where else and how, what was your life like? What was your lifestyle? Were you just at that restaurant all the time? I or lived you, there. You lived there. I lived there. Yeah. You know, because as an entrepreneur, we treat our businesses like our babies, mm-hmm. right? If you're like, and when I say a baby, not like you coddle, coddle it all the time, but like you care about it. And yeah. it takes a village to raise that baby, but you're the head of that village, yes. right? So at that time, although I was dedicated to my business, I really wasn't. I was hustling backwards. Were, okay. But I needed that to happen. Yeah. I was hustling back, backwards because I lived in my business. Yes. But it gave me that real hardcore experience that I needed so that I could properly run my business now. Okay. You know? So um, it was successful, though, for what it was, right? Um, And it worked, and it worked for that time. But after I had the fire, I felt defeated. How many employees did you have at the time? I had about 13. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I had about 13. Okay. Um, And I got a call basically saying that your restaurant is on fire. Now, can you imagine? Oh, my God. This is blood, sweat, and tears is, yeah. every single day in my business. Every day. I don't know anything else. Yeah. I sacrificed my 20s because I'm like, I'm going to be a billionaire. <laughs> like, that was my thoughts. You know yeah. entrepreneurs Absol- get a bit extreme absolutely. sometimes, right? Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, I felt defeated at the time. And I've never felt like that in my life because all of my life, everything that I've ever touched turned to gold, okay. right? Like, anytime Pinky Cole is saying that she's going to do something, <laughs> it's going to happen. She's going to come through. So to lose in the flesh yeah. a, a perceived loss, I didn't know what to do at the time, but I needed that to happen early on for me. Were you—I mean, that's a weird question to ask because, no, you're not—no one can ever be prepared for their home, for their business to go up in flames. But were you— No. Nope. I mean, no insurance—like, in terms of like, So insurance. I had insurance, but— in New York, it's not required. <laughs> well, at the time, it wasn't required to okay. get fire insurance. So I had an umbrella policy. But again, <clears throat> nobody told me taught me how to start a restaurant. So yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, you know? Um, but now I know. Okay. Girl, well, I got like 10,000 insurance policies. I know you do. <laughs> well, I mean, in the lead, I'm sure you thought, too, like, at least no no one was hurt, you know? No one was like, hurt. And that's yeah, a beautiful that's thing. that's a beautiful and, thing. And, and, and it got hard, yeah. right? So, like, after the restaurant burned down... My car got repoed. I got evicted. And here I am. I'm like, this don't happen to me. Like, yeah. I'm good with my money. Like, yeah. I'm always doing something different in the entrepreneurial space. And I lost this because I had, I opened up. We skipped a step. But I opened up another story. <laughs> another okay. store. Okay. Um, right down the street. But it was like a juice bar. Yes. I know. I have not <laughs> seen that. Like, it's just. It, right in Harlem. There's yeah. drawing uh, by Marley. Yeah. On the, um, on the wall. And it's pink. One thirty ninth and Lennox, like because yeah. I just remember being in that area all, you know. Yeah. But okay, and you had a juice bar. So what yeah. was so the juice bar? So the juice bar, I sold natural tonics, natural drinks. Okay, so yeah. this was this was very you. This was very me. Yeah, that worked. was where it's like, you know, the restaurant was kind of like how you knew how to meet the demand. Yeah, like you this making this me. money, but that yeah, this is me. Okay, all and right. and this and that's a good segue to my next point is that like. When you start a business as an entrepreneur, it has to be you. Like, mm-hmm. something about that thing you have to, like, have a desire for. Yeah. Like, you have to be interested in. Because I'm just doing what I would have done outside of Slutty Vegan. I love to serve my friends. I'm yeah. vegan. I love for them to eat vegan food. And I get to make money doing nice. it and also teach people, too. Yeah. But I'm walking in alignment because this is who I am. Yes. And yeah. the reason why that other restaurant didn't work because that wasn't, <laughs> wasn't who I you. was. But I needed that to happen <laughs> yes. so that I could decipher the two. Yeah. Yes, that, I mean. that oxtail and the, the chicken. Yes. <laughs> 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 One meter. No. <laughs> yes. So, okay. 
So you're going through all this. Your you, your business is gone. Your car is repossessed. Mm-hmm. You have the juice bar still, but I'm assuming you probably went through a period of not just discomfort, but maybe like how are you feeling? Did you? Oh, I was just I felt insecure depressed. and like how did you get through that? That this was the very first time that I felt a feeling that I hadn't felt before, and I could understand why black people say that they were depressed at the time, right? Yeah. Because, you know, we really don't like to open up like yes. that, right? Because we yeah. don't go to therapy, Especially quote during unquote, that, yeah. During it's the time being like more that. open now, but yes. <laughs> that's kind so of recent. It was hard. Yeah. It was really hard, especially because I felt like a failure at the time. Uh, and that's the transparent part of me, yes. right? But when I say sometimes, all the time, the universe will take things that you're not supposed to have so that you can get something better. And that's yeah. exactly what happened because right after I lost that restaurant, I got a call um, from a TV, from one of my mentors basically saying, I got an opportunity for you to be a supervising producer. I'm working on another show right now and I can't do it. Got it. And at the time, I'm like, what do I have to lose? I have nothing <laughs> you to have lose. You have nothing to lose. But now but when you still I look have the back, juice bar. I had the juice bar and then I walked away from everything. Got it. Okay. But I needed that to happen because... What happened was, is like, God was just like, I got something bigger and better mm-hmm. for you. So I'm going to take this away from you right now. Yeah. And you're going to be mad about it. You're going to be sour. <laughs> you're going to be real, real <laughs> you're salty. You're going to be salty about it. <laughs> but I promise you that if you, like, stay on track and create your own lane and your own course, anything that you want, you're going to get that times 10. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm trusting. Okay. And I took the opportunity and I moved to Los Angeles, California. What was the show? Iyanla Fixed My Life. So I got back into TV. Fast forward to about three years, I end up back in Atlanta. Ah, okay. <laughs> and now I'm in Atlanta, in and Atlanta. I'm in my bedroom. And then like a light bulb, because again, I'm a visionary. I'm yes. always thinking about ideas. Slutty Vegan came to me. And unlike all the other ideas that I have, this is the one that I didn't want to share. Yeah. I'm like, uh, you okay. know that good so idea. You know, I know. That's like, how you know. You know what? Nah, I'm not going to talk about this. Yeah. Everybody. It's too, it's, and, it's too and you know, it's so interesting because... Again, I'm having a lot of big picture moments, right? Because mm-hmm. my business is a year and a half old. So there's a lot of changes that have occurred, a lot of ebbs and flows, roller coaster, beautiful roller coaster. But now I, I look at the bigger picture and I realize why things happen the way that they happen, right? And it's such a blessing because I was preparing for this. Yeah. I was working out every day. I was reading every day. I wasn't going out. I wasn't hanging with my you friends. The, I was researching yeah. every single day. Because the universe was just preparing me to get to ready, yeah, right, to, to get ready. ready, right? <laughs> so when I started Slutty Vegan, I literally, the first week I had about four customers. Okay. I got a shared kitchen. Okay. Where, and what was the? It was in Atlanta, um, a place called Prep Atlanta. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, I, um, and I just started um, cooking out the shared kitchen. And the first week it was full of customers, and I'm like, nah, <laughs> this ain't it. <laughs> but then I had um, somebody who's a really good friend now. She actually sells vegan desserts. Her name is Plant Based Princess. She uh, posted me on her page. And she, did she have how I, many? She, she had, had twenty four. I never and... forget. She had twenty four thousand followers. Yeah, but all she has a cult following. Okay. You know, people that's that support you yeah, no matter that's what. A kind so of that twenty four thousand yeah. is that really two hundred forty thousand, yeah. right? <laughs> it's not two hundred, <laughs> right? So she posted me, and literally, people just started coming. Okay. And they started coming. And they started coming. And they started coming. Wow. So and when I say the... they started coming, it was so many people. I remember it got to a point where there were about 500 people coming so to the food wait, truck. So wait, you went from having four, you know, from having four customers to having that many to lines out of around the block, it yeah. sounds like it. And that was just from the support of 
you know, a that good was just friend. to support the people. No advertising dollars could have did that. Wow, that's you know, what I mean, that's, that's powerful. People. It just reminds that's you, our again, people, that's our people. Yeah, yeah. So it just goes to show you that we do support one another. Yeah, like, we do. you know, people always say that black people don't support, and I used to at one time be ignorant and believe that because some yeah. it occurs, right? Yeah. But when I look at the bigger picture, I'm like. I am getting the support from my community. Yes, that's that's major. So how dare I not? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I got to put on for my people because mm-hmm. my people are putting on for me. That's right. You know what I'm it's saying? It's showing out. It's showing out. out. Yeah. Because we don't yes. stand in line for nothing. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's always about that. Okay. Right. It's always about that. Like, I'm, I'm supposed to be on the list. But for um, people to be proud <laughs> to stand in line yeah. to say that they are representing somebody who looks like them and they are get tr- willing to try something they new. Do. Yeah. Right? That's, Okay. It's a big thing because, I mean, we don't – it's obviously a lot of um, plant-based – a lot of this is – it's growing and it's getting more popular and more accepted, especially Mm -hmm. amongst those older generations now, Mm -hmm. now that they are getting older and Mm -hmm. diabetes and things like that. But to have that many people show up for something that, you know, they maybe haven't really tried before – um, I also remember, like I said, said this a little earlier, I remember being online one day and just out of the blue seeing a lot of people posting about this that clearly was, you know, it was intentional. Mm-hmm. How did you um, how did you create more buzz about Slutty Vegan? What did you was this like? Did you have a PR person? Did you have... How yeah. did you do that? How did you get all these people to post this at the same time? What? You know, and it was, I think it was like Swiss Beats and like yeah. there were all these different celebrities and also friends of mine. It was just like, yeah. who, who is this? <laughs> Out of nowhere. And that to me was... It was huge. I remember that like it just took over Instagram for like right. a couple of days or something. Yeah. What was that? Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting thing because... I used to think that it was overnight too. Yeah. But it's really not overnight. You know, this is this is the the fruit of all the labor and the work that I've been putting in mm-hmm. my entire life, right? Entrepreneur I've been an entrepreneur since I came out the womb. Yeah. So, you know, when I created Slutty Vegan, I'm like, okay, everybody can have a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody can literally have, like, they could sell a product. Yes. But I'm not selling a product. Yeah. What I'm doing is is I'm letting you buy into the story, right? Mm. And the story is is that I don't come from much, but I made a way and I've had my pitfalls along the way. And this is like the modern-day Cinderella, right? And people believe in that and they feel proud of that story because I look like them, I feel like them, I'm tangible. And then as a result of that story, they want to be a part. Mm-hmm. Now, as for the experience... People are buying into the experience, and the food is just, they'll get the food later. So I tell people all the time that I want you to come for the experience and leave with a burger. Because people get excited to see celebrities, influencers, and people like me and you who um, are on camera eating a burger. Because something about that experience is so euphoric that I'm watching somebody else chew. We love to eat, man. And we love to watch people eat. We love the food. (laughs) We eat with our eyes and the psychology. Of it is that if you see somebody indulging in something and and you are like giving it rave reviews, I want to know what it is. Yes. We're all curious beings, right? Yeah. And I always want to know, like, like, and I'm not a follower by yeah. by any means, but I'm I'm curious to know if it's that good. I want to be a it part of be, that yeah. goodness, right? Yeah, and, yep. and and people are buying into that, and it feels good. So, um, just to back up just a little bit, you know, like, um. When you have this idea in your bedroom, 
how did you like did you have the money saved up for this what like what kind of financial support did you have so um i started slutty vegan with about five thousand dollars girl yeah what that's what i'm telling you like (laughs) it is not expensive to fund your dream yeah it's really not because there are going to be people that first you gotta believe in yourself Mm -hmm. right and there are going to be then people who are going to believe in you. And then there are going to be people who are not only going to believe into the dream, they're going to buy into it, Mm -hmm. right? So first I had to believe in me. And believing in me was taking my funds and saying, listen, this is going to require a lot of money to set this up. It's going to be an initial investment, but I know it's going to pay off because Mm -hmm. I believe in me, right? And then um, as I was getting my trucks and everything. I also had a full-time job, so I was making money. And then one of my friends' payroll got tight one week, and one of my friends helped me out um, because he believed in me, right? And he said, because I believe in you, I'm going to support you. Wow. And then now to be closing in on my first round of investment, not only did somebody believe in it, now they're buying buying into into it. it. You understand what I mean? So um, it didn't require a whole lot. It just required the dedication of, all right, listen, I have a great idea. This is a passion project for me. This is who I am. And I want to do it on a scale where I can get people more involved into a plant-based lifestyle. Yeah. Even if it starts at vegan comfort food. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. So, um... Sadly, we got to wrap up. Oh, no. Because now I'm like, no, how did you make that $5,000 stretch? (laughs) Come back, come back, part two. Um, Tell me about what does the word unbossed mean to you? And just tell me about a woman, another anybody in your life who is unbossed, who inspires you. Unbossed. When I hear the word unbossed, I think of being unfiltered, mm-hmm. being raw, being authentic, not caring what people have to stay, say, and being bold and speaking with conviction. And um, if there was one person in the world who I would say does a damn good job of that. It would be my mom. Okay. Yeah. Come on, mom. What's mom's and name? Mom, her name is Aishel. Aishel. Yeah. Yeah. So she's a Rasta woman. <laughs> and um, she's unbossed because she doesn't need things to bring her value, right? She's so raw and authentic, pure. I've never seen my mother wear makeup a day in her life. Yeah. Has never gotten an ear spears. Like, just very natural woman, natural long tresses, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and she's unbossed because... After my father left and went to prison, she had to boss up, yeah. right? Um, and she really basically took motherhood to the next level and still walking in her power and walking in her truth. And I get all of that from her, yeah. which now makes me an unbossed woman. Yeah, so I like to that. dedicate that to mommy because mommy is definitely <laughs> Make sure unbossed. she listens to that part. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you for thank coming you. on and sharing and having the time. I, thank you. You know, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Be sure to listen, download, or subscribe to more episodes of Unbossed. You can find Unbossed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple listeners, please be sure to leave me a review and let me know what you think. Be kind, but be critical. That's okay, too. Don't forget to hit me up on social at Marquita underscore Harris underscore. Be sure to use the hashtag Unbossed Podcast. I appreciate you. Thanks, guys.